Welcome back to My Father Before Me. I'm your host, Brendan Sem. Joining me as usual is Tori. How are you doing, Dad? Hello, I'm doing good. All right. This time, we've got a twofer, a twofer episode. What movies are we talking about today? Well, let me introduce it by using the tagline. The tagline for these, uh, and I will say they were, uh, in the U.S., they were a TV movie, but it's, those cuddly, courageous Ewoks from Return of the Jedi are back in their own adventure. <laughs> that's that's perfect. That's um, exactly what it was. So the movies were, so I think they were titled Ewok Adventure back in the day. Um, the first one is uh, Caravan of Courage, and the second one is the Battle for Endor. Uh, of Endor? For Endor. I think it's for Endor. Yes. And what an incredible battle it was. It was a battle. Um, this is the first movie, or these, I guess. These were the first movies that I've seen in a long time that I felt I could tell they were, like, straight to, like, VHS movies. Well, they're definitely low budget. So the story is on these, and like I said, they, are, they were made for TV in the U.S., although they did get a um, theatrical l- l- release in... Um, European markets. Uh, but the the story is that George, or what I've heard is that George adopted a daughter and she loved the Ewoks. And he was trying to, of course, keep the magic going um, from Return of the Jedi and wanted to do a one hour, just another holiday special. They just wanted to do a one hour holiday special with the Ewoks. Um, it was pitched to networks and networks said that they didn't want to do it unless it they could fill their... A weekly TV movie spot. So it had to be two hours with commercials. So that's why they extended it out. Now, back in the day, the uh, Sunday night movies, you know, I remember uh, watching those with the, the family. It was a it was an event, right? Because you didn't have as many options for TV, of course. And of course, you didn't have streaming. You got what was on your channels. Uh, we had more channels than just the three at that point. But <laughs> you're not that old. <laughs> that's right. I'm not that old. Uh, but uh you know, it was kind of an event where you would go out and you would uh, you would get the family together on Sunday night and you'd watch the uh, the Sunday night movie on ABC or CBS um, or NBC. Uh, I think one of them had a Monday night movie, too. So they were all doing it right just as a, a get together thing. And they were actually, you know, there were uh, movies that were in the theater. Of course, they were past their prime by the time they got to TV and stuff. And of course, they were edited for commercials. But these were things that we did. Um, on the TV stations, the, the the main networks would do this. And um, if you ask uh, Warwick Davis, of course, who we talked about in Willow, and uh, he was Wicket, you know, he, he reprised his role as Wicket in both of these movies. Um, if you ask him, I think they mentioned, uh, somebody mentioned in his biography, he said that it did break some uh, viewing records. Now, what I heard is that it was the, Second most watched Sunday night movie on ABC. It's a very specific record <laughs> for that year. Yes, so it did break a record, very specific <laughs> record. Um, but it did actually. So the first one, uh, Caravan of Courage, uh, it actually won a primetime Emmy for special effects. I think it was uh, nominated for children's programming, best children's programming or something. But it did win some awards. It won a primetime Emmy. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, you know, I thinking back to the day, uh, I can't remember exactly what was showing, what it was competing against for for primetime Emmys is in special effects. But uh, I guess I can't remember. This was released in '84, the first one, and the second one was the year after that in '85. Um, so these were right after Jedi. Yeah, they came out right away, and that's part of I think the push for it. <laughs> besides the fact that everybody was still on that return of the Jedi high um, was they probably already had the costumes. <laughs> they didn't right. have to do much. I know that uh, they said uh, in one podcast I was listening to, they didn't have casting calls. They just called all the, uh, um, the LPs that were uh, Ewoks in the return of the Jedi and said, Hey, you want to come back? Um, in fact, one of them besides Warwick Davis, I just learned was that uh, Tony Cox. Yeah. He, um, you've seen him. He's the uh, the LP in uh, Bad Santa. Oh yeah. yeah, he was one of the Ewoks as well. So 
Uh, he was also, I, I was looking at uh, some behind the scenes, which is kind of nice because George encouraged uh, Warwick Davis and the main actor of the, the first movie, can't remember his name, encouraged them to learn about the filmmaking process and shoot things behind the scenes. So there are some behind the scenes shots of everybody having fun and that kind of thing. So it, uh, uh, it was kind of fun to see, uh, this named actor that we've seen, you know, just kind of sitting there in half an Ewok suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. But the, you know, the movies you can tell, I would, I would venture to say personally that, um, these are not star Wars movies as much as they were, uh, you know, George's first attempt at a fantasy. Right? Yeah, this definitely felt very fantasy. <laughs> you can see where he's, you know, starting to form the idea of Willow. You know, of course, with Warwick Davis, that's that um, points that out right off the bat. Because Willow, what did we say? That was 86? Uh, 88. 88 it was. Okay. So, you know, we when we were, uh, when he was working on this, you could see he's kind of got that idea in his head. And part of that is probably budget. You know, right. Not going to have any space battles on a TV movie. But, uh you know, he, he definitely did it like a uh, a traveling movie. You know, you got to get the group together. Again, we, we talk a lot about the D&D thing because that's our thing. But, uh, um, you know, you got to form your, your group. You got a, a, the warrior <laughs> with the, the, the axe. You got the, the, the priest with the crystal. They went for that so heavy-handed. It's not like in Kroll where they're like, they just happen to stumble on these people on the road. The narrator was like... And there's two more Ewoks that you'll find on the road that you must convince to join you. <laughs> well, that's what, what is this? So there, there you go. I mean, you and and the the way that you got him to join it is you had a tooth from his necklace, <laughs> so that that convinces him to join you. Um, of course, the narrator we didn't mention is Burl Ives, who uh, oh yeah, you're you're young. <laughs> Burl Ives uh, was the snowman in those old uh, Rudolph. Oh, uh, stop motion shows. Uh, Burl Ives. I mean, he's a obviously huge, huge actor known back in the time, but they specifically brought him in to make it feel somewhat like a nature show or something like that. But right. uh, I think part of the reason they did it was because this show was definitely directed towards a younger audience. So there's no way they're going to put uh, um, subtitles for what the Ewoks are saying. Yeah, <laughs> they had to have Burl Lives going, and he gets the headdress of of uh, bravery or whatever, and you know and stuff. But. Yeah, that yeah, it was. Um, frankly, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say right off the bat, I think I gave this movie a four point seven. Okay, so well, it, and it, I have to say, so when I okay, so let's see, eighty, what do we say, eighty four? I would have been nine. Just came off of. Return of the Jedi. I guarantee you we were watching this live. I recorded it on the VHS and <laughs> played it quite a bit after that. Um, you know, so it was it was skewed towards me, right? The yeah, kid sure. who saw Return of the Jedi and wants to see what those fun Ewoks are doing, you know, and stuff. Or wants to see another adventure. But, um, you know, it, it obviously has a lot of flaws, you know. <laughs> yeah. You can... Well, you, you're seeing on the on the little video there the the stop motion alone of that big wolf thing. So, for um, uh, the Tauntauns in Empire Strike Back, they developed a whole new way to do stop motion. They labeled it Go Motion or something like that, and it looked more fluid. Right. But for this, they didn't have the budget, so they had to do it the old fashioned way. Yeah. And they they said, "Yeah, we're going back to the '50s." It's like, no, it's because it's cheaper to do it that way. You know, and stuff. Although I will say I was kind of surprised when they, you know, the stop motion didn't look good. But there's some of them shots with that big wolf where they were doing the mechanics of his mouth, you know, like a puppeteer. Yeah. I thought that looked pretty good, you know, even back for the day. You know, that's, yeah. that was a good practical effect in that place. So it's just when he was running stop motion. It didn't look good. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite mesh. But, it, I mean, it was definitely a low-budget film, and part of that is, like I said, they probably had the Ewok costumes, although uh, somebody mentioned that they kind of upgraded them so they could move their mouths a little bit better. I don't know if you can tell that. I know that was in the second one, but in the first one, I remember because I actually took notes this time. I was, <laughs> I, I wrote word for word, mouths don't move, question mark. <laughs> what is this? Yes. But, yeah, in, in uh, the second one, they do. So 
they heard me. <laughs> and I think it went in when we the second one, they actually added bits so that their eyelids would close while they were sleeping. That oh. was something they didn't have in Return of the Jedi and stuff. But so they did do a little bit, but like I said, I'm I'm awful sure there was some cost savings there because they had the costumes already fitted to those actors. Right. You know. And then um, the they shot it in the Redwood Forest. I think they said they're about five miles away from Skywalker Ranch. So it's walk out <laughs> in the front yard and let's film the show. That's you know, awesome. stuff. So um, it was definitely a, a, a cheap, cheap, low budget kind of thing. Of oh, course, yeah. it's you know it's made for TV. That that's what you expect. In fact, the the main bad guy, the big giant, the Gorax, I think is his name. <laughs> yeah. In the first one. Um, the guy who designed the suit is the guy who's in the suit and acting. <laughs> so they just brought their special effects guy in to just do the do that part. So they didn't have to. He probably didn't get paid as an actor because he didn't have any lines. But oh man, there was there was one scene in this movie that sticks out really like sharply in my brain, and I couldn't tell you like why I remember this, but it's right when um, it's, it must be shortly after they've started their travels, right? To go find their parents. <laughs> and, um, like, the horses get away. Or, not not a horse, but, like, the mule that's got the little girl and it just, like, runs off. Mm-hmm. And the warrior Ewok, <laughs> he chases after it uh, on a horse. And you can tell. They didn't even try. It's literally just a full-grown man. Like, they didn't even, like, try to, like, play with, per- like, perception to make him look like a little guy. Or give him like a fluffy suit. It was just like a regular man. <laughs> it was like I was like, this is terrible. The stunt man, yes. Well, and, and that's uh, you know, again, this was marketed towards the kids, so it wasn't that, or it was made for the children. But every little bit of action or anything, especially through the the middle portion of the movie, has no consequences, right? <laughs> so yeah. you've got the um, the. The reason the horse gets scared is because Wicket does something with a branch. And they so they go chasing after it. They grab it. They bring it back. Nothing happened. Nobody learned anything from it. Nothing happens. He reaches into this little magic puddle, which for some reason, they've got a rare magic puddle out there <laughs> that will grab a person, pull them under the water, and they can't get out except with a magic stick, of course. Naturally with a magic stick. Um, but there's no, I mean, there's no like, okay, the bad guy's setting up traps for him or yeah. something like that. This is just for some reason out in the wild, there's a puddle that does this, right? He didn't learn anything from it. He didn't learn not to touch things, you know, or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. So so when, you, when you're when you doing that, and like I said, uh, this was originally planned to be an hour show and they needed it to, well, an hour with commercials. They needed it to be two hours with commercials. So they definitely had some filler. But even, you know, the, the that one scene where they are going to get the magic sap for the little girl. And uh, he walks over and plays with the little birdie thing in the tree. And it turns out to be a lure to get his hand, you know. Yeah. And he pulls it out and it's like a massive lizard. That's head is bigger than his whole body. Right. Well, interestingly, interestingly, interestingly enough, that is the same thing that they used in Empire Strikes Back. It's the same uh, puppet. Really? Yes. (laughs) Of course, you know, it's coming out of an asteroid and Empire Strikes Back, and it's as big as the ship. That's so funny. But, yeah, they just threw some goo on it and made it a tree thing. But even then, that's the thing. He gets bit by this tree thing, right? They get, you know, he is all over his arm. (laughs) You'll notice that he gets bit in the right arm, but later he's looking at his left hand because it's injured. So, obviously, he got a little flub up there. Yeah, and it's not even like a bite. It's like a rash. Yeah, and and, and all it comes down to is uh, there the, the uh, little medicine man, Ewok, is, ooh, you know, wants to help him. And he says, no, take care of my sister. And then it's never, and he says, it's okay. And it really is because it never comes up again, right? Yeah. But again, that's action. He didn't learn anything from it. He didn't learn not to touch things. The only thing maybe that's there just to, to have him say, you know, Take care of my sister, not me. Right? Maybe right. there's supposed to be a little character there. Well, right? yeah, they've got to show that he's not a complete, like, just selfish jerk because the whole rest of the movie, he's literally just the worst person. Right. Granted, he's 12, but he's yes. like the worst person. And he, you know, obviously they picked him because he has the hair of Mark Hamill, you know, and stuff. I mean, 
Yeah, and he's literally wearing like the Luke flight suit. Yes. Like they didn't even put any effort into <laughs> they were like, Yeah, this is Luke, guys. This is our You're new Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. And and the the little girl I, I, I heard on a, a podcast and you don't and I didn't think about it, but she's the you know, the spitting image of a little Drew Barrymore from E. T. Right. Oh yeah. So she's got the same blonde curly hair, and that no, she's not as good an actor, but <laughs> she's got the same curly blonde hair, and and you can, you know, some of the scenes where they're running through the woods are like when they're running through the woods chasing ET, you know. And right. Stuff. So the, yeah. so there's some imagery there maybe to to pull that in, but uh, yeah. So the first movie <laughs> was uh, um, an introduction to everybody, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could put it. It was an introduction where they introduced as little as humanly possible. Yes, because they yeah they didn't explain anything. All it was was let's see, let's give everybody. A, and and I will say, um, some of the back behind the scenes are that you know George Lucas pulled people that were. I mean, he even mentions it in in an interview that he pulled in people who were kind of new to production work, right? New people right. at ILM. People who hadn't done, they pulled people in doing jobs that they didn't have before because they wanted to learn things. So, I mean, the whole purpose of this, like I said, was, or at least some purpose of it was for him to get the the fresh faces at ILM and, and the fresh faces at, at Skywalker uh, Lucasfilm kind of involved in a project that wasn't too, um, what do you want to say, too... too uh, um, too big, too yeah. Too important. big, yeah. It, there, there were. It's a low stress, you know, low, right. low stress That's project, a good way to put you it. know, and stuff. So, and that was what he wanted to do with it. In addition to, like I said, making a, a made for TV. So this was, you know, his idea of taking Star Wars to TV, which obviously we're doing a lot better with that now. Mm. Um, Speaking of taking Star Wars to TV. Quick side tangent. I'm surprised they haven't put Ewoks into any TV show yet. <laughs> they really have uh, kind of run away from the Ewoks. <laughs> Which sucks. <laughs> now, did like they show Ewoks. up in... Uh, they never showed up in Clone Wars or anything? No, not... Well, because that's... I think that's... Well, I think that's the point of... Um, uh, like, them going there in Jedi is that, like, nobody knows about them. That's true. It's a, It's an off off moon that nobody even thinks about that's a good point so and i i'd done some uh, i did research for this movie because i was like all right i gotta at least know something unlike the other movies <laughs> um but yeah evidently that whole sector was all wild space up until like three years before the fall of the republic mm. interestingly enough so they had like just basically discovered it so that's where they could start building the death star and nobody kind of know about yeah because they teased they were building the death star back in attack of the clones right which i'm still mad about they didn't have to be so ham-handed with that <laughs> what's this you've got he's like we have to hide the weapon and it's a massive hologram of don't the death lose star. these plans well so you know on another side note I saw a thing, and I'd, and I'd have to go back and watch the shows, but somebody says at some point in Revenge of the Sith, when they go into Palpatine's office, you can actually see on two different nightstands the plans for the Death Star sitting No there. way. They're kind of in the background and stuff, but they, they said, yes, he was very good. He had two plans in case one of them got lost. I'm thinking, what, they're just sitting down just on his desk? Of course, you never know, you know, what his plans were. No matter what, he, you know, he, did the, he had the clones in the background, so maybe he also was... Saying the Republic needs this or something. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. yeah. That mean, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, every time I go back and rewatch, I'm always like, God, how could the Jedi be so stupid that they missed this? Which well, I guess is the point. Is that's that it's the like, power of the Sith, duh. And, and the hubris of the Jedi. That's Can't right. That they got that's too right. complacent. <laughs> well, anyways, yeah. So speaking of timeline, so I've heard two different things. Some people have said that. I think originally the canon for these movies, these Ewok movies, were that they happened before Return of the Jedi. Oh. Which, when we get to the second movie, Wicket's talking. Yeah. You know, <laughs> now part of that senses. is, I think part of that is because they didn't want to pay for Burl Ives again to narrate it, even though they got uh, um, Wilford Brimley as, a, as the actor. <laughs> but, uh, um, which I, I heard a thing on a podcast. They had the second movie had Wilford Brimley, uh, who that same year, had Cocoon. I don't know if you've ever seen that one, but that's it. That was a huge hit, of course. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Award winning, you know, great. It was a good movie. You know, it's just a, a, a fun old person drama, but, mm. but I enjoyed it and I was a kid at the time. Um, and it's, uh, and it had the, um, so the dad from the first one didn't come back. So the actor they brought in was the guy who was the principal on 
uh, Breakfast Club. Oh, um, I didn't even realize. Yeah, that and he's guy. been he's been in. They do look very similar, and I'm looking at him. I was watching the second one. I'm like, is that him? And then I went to the first one and looked. Well, no, it's not. And then I realized the second one is a different actor. But so they brought in the whole family to die. <laughs> they really did. That was so dark. It was kind of so. I, the trivia on IMDb, and I, you know, take this as you will. It says that uh, Mace, the the dude in the uh, Skywalker flight suit. Um, he, uh, you know, he's the main, arguably the main character of the first movie. He has 33 seconds of screen time in the second one before, <laughs> before he dies off screen, you know? Oh, that's so funny. I didn't even see him. So I'm, yeah, I must've been in like the one second I turned away. <laughs> well, yeah. So there's one part where the battle's going on at the very beginning there and Cinda or Sindel runs up and sees her mom's already laying there hurt. And, and Mace is trying to defend off the bad guys. And then she goes to run and get her dad. And you see an explosion in the background. And that's oh. it. And then she looks at her little handy dandy watch thing that shows the lights going out. So they're dead. Wow. What a- <laughs> but, you know, the reason for that is that George um, and his daughter were watching uh, the show Heidi. And I, I don't know it. I don't, this one I didn't watch when I was a kid. Um, but I, what I gather from it is that um, it's a story about a little girl whose whole family died. Right. So he wanted the second movie to deal with death and that kind of thing. Right. For kids. Now, I will say that the second movie had a disclaimer on the beginning. And I let's see. I got this off of IMDb trivia, but it says uh, when the film aired on ABC in 85, a viewer warning came on to warn small children and younger viewers of the film's content. It said tonight's continuing fantasy adventure of Sindel and the Ewoks contains some scenes of suspense and jeopardy. which may be too intense for very young viewers. So they're saying, you know, that kind of hurt. And they gave it a a PG rating. Parental guidance is suggested, you know, and stuff. So they're saying that might have hurt the second one a little bit because it is aimed towards the kids. Right. But then they put that warning right up front, you know, Mm. and stuff. And back in those days, parents paid attention to those warnings. You know, nowadays, parents are a little bit better about doing their own research, whether shows are good for kids or not. But back in the day, the MPAA kind of told you whether that show was good for your kid or not, you know. So it, it, I think maybe that hurt it a little bit, but that's what George wanted to wanted to deal with, you know, from that standpoint. He, wa- he wanted to move on and and, and uh, tell a story of death <laughs> yeah. with with Ewoks. So yeah, with cuddly teddy bears. Yes. Um, let's see here. All right, let's see if there's anything else I wanted to pull up from my notes. Well, let's one. let's talk references. So we talked about how you said there's Ewoks aren't around very much. Right? Like, we haven't seen Ewoks. Yeah. I think at one point, I thought I remember in a future book, maybe there was an Ewok Jedi or something like that. I don't know. Maybe that little priestess lady is with the might have done that. I hope so. Or maybe that was a Jawa Jedi. Maybe I'm confusing myself. Either way, we need to see that (laughs) right now. But right off the bat, in the second movie, you see the big pack animals. The, yeah, the, the, uh, the blurs. <laughs> yeah, so the, those, of course, were in Mandalorian, right? Although he was a little bit smaller when he was riding them in Mandalorian. But, um, so the blurgs were a thing. And then I don't know how true this is. Now, this is where I get some scrutiny on IMDb trivia, whether somebody just made this up or whether it's canon. Right. But the the witch lady in the uh, second one, they say that she's actually a night sister. Which we know from the, from, yeah, uh, from you know, the Clone Wars, you know, the Darth the, Maul's, yeah, breed. Dathomir or whatever, isn't that the place? So, uh, with Darth Maul and all that stuff. She doesn't look anything like a Night no. Sister. She You're must just be, saying that because she has magic. Yeah, she must be the indoor version of a, a Night Sister. <laughs> um, so, about the second movie. Yes. And references, the bad guys, the Marauders, they look so much like, uh, like what would eventually be the pirates in like the Clone Wars, like the weak way. Yeah. They look so much like that. That's a good point. I didn't put that together, but yeah, they do have that, that look. Now, again, part of that is probably because it's easier. You know, you think of Star Trek, um, the Star Trek TV shows an aliens easier. If all it is, is a little bit of prosthetics on the face. Right. Right. But, uh, yeah, I see where you're getting with that. Um, how they, how they look like that. Now I will say that, uh, the main bad guy, I noticed the entire movie, he's talking in his own language or whatever. But then at the end, he says some stuff in English. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess when he needs to get the point across, he knows how to speak com- <laughs> common tongue. But uh, Let's see. Here. But yeah, I mean, the whole point of it, and it's kind of weird when he, you know, again, the second one goes into a lot with the magic side of things. 
Yeah, this one's definitely a fantasy movie. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, she's here's a witch who's got a ring that she can turn into other animals and fly away, you know, and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. there's a dragon. Oh, there's a dragon. Well, we're course. gonna move past that. We can't, I gotta have to address the dragon situation. <laughs> that was a blink if you missed a dragon, but yeah, <laughs> that was so dumb. I don't like the the whole glider thing in both these movies was pointless. Yeah, like they they had set it up, especially in the beginning. They would made it seem like this was gonna be like this really awesome thing, um, but then. Here's here's what I have in my notes. What a preposterous glider landing. It's just like this massive forest. It's like completely covered. And he mm-hmm. somehow manages to just like slowly descend in a perfect landing. Obviously he's been doing it for years. And then he just leaves it there. They didn't even like he they dragged it behind him. They're like, we gotta get this home. They just dropped it. Well, the gliders, of course, they had the gliders in uh um Return of the Jedi, and then, uh, yeah, and then Wicket's got his glider. He gets a glider. He <laughs> makes one out of random crap in that one place. Yeah. And then, he, and then he drops a rock on the bird when he's carrying the little girl and then drops the little girl, you know, and stuff. So Yeah, Wicket kind of bumbles a lot of stuff. <laughs> Which, that's why he's lovable. Yeah. Just a, well, he is a child. Yes. I mean, he, like, I don't, obviously, we don't have, like, an actual age. I don't know, you know, the general lifespan of Ewoks, but compared to everybody else, he's like literally half their height. He's the child of the family. Well, that's why in the first one, when they go in there, you know, when they go into the cave, they leave the little girl and Wicket, the little ones behind, you know, and stuff. Right. I think Burl Ives even said that we're going to leave the they're going to leave the little ones behind or something, you know, and and uh, um, which of course he still gets to fight off a very bad spider. <laughs> I mean, those spiders didn't even move. I mean, they're just there. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, there was a lot of... Yeah. I mean, it's a phenomenal movie. <laughs> well, and again, we talk about the... the um, Looking at the idea of things, right? Here's the early idea of what we could do on TV. Because right after this, um, and I assume it was budget reasons, they had an Ewok cartoon that mm-hmm. was that went two seasons. And I don't even think I watched it very much. I mean, it was definitely directed at a younger audience. And right. And I wasn't into it. Um, so you can see where they're trying to build a TV presence for Star Wars because that's, you know, everybody knows that's the way to go. Right. Obviously, nowadays, we know that's the way to go. Right. For sure. At the time, you know, they were trying to build it up or try to make it work and, and it just wasn't flying. But Yeah. Well, that's because they put like no effort. In. <laughs> right. They put no effort. in. Well, and that's the thing. So we talked about and, and I don't know if we mentioned this on the show, but we talked about um, uh, Clone Wars. Their first few seasons, right. or at least the first couple for sure. And the Clone Wars movie that that started that was the pilot for the series. That was definitely directed towards young kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, stinky the um, the, the hut or whatever, yeah. you know, and that kind of thing. So that was definitely directed, but then of course it turned into something, right? Right. It turned into something that uh, everybody is talking about and still basing stories off of, right? You know, because of the 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 uh, writing and the and the planning and the and the development of the the series got more adult or more more uh, complex, right? Um, yeah, and that's that's something that Shade and I have talked about on the main show is that like well we talked about in relation to Avatar just last week's episode or. Whatever the last episode sure. <laughs> at the time of this recording, yes, um, it went up today. Um, but we talked about how, like, you know, those shows, especially like season one of Avatar, they start off, you know, really childish. Right. Obviously, it's Avatar slightly different because. Okay, let me let me restart. Avatar and the Clone Wars are analogous in a lot of ways because in the beginning they're obviously angled towards kids, but then they have this you know overarching theme of like a massive war yeah. where, <laughs> where everybody's dying. Um, but then you know in Avatar two, but then Clone Wars three, they start to actually like address those things more and care about a story. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the difference. I and that's why that. it's a you know I wouldn't say a cult, but it's a, it's a cultural thing you know nowadays people even my age and your my from my age to your age know about airbender you know i i hear people talk about it all the time on podcasts that are my age because like you say the storytelling turned into something that was more dramatic and and uh, made for 
you know, having that complex storyline while still entertaining younger kids. Right, right. right. There was always the episode where there wasn't anything major going down, but it was always kind of on the side or something like that. But even in those episodes, you know, even in the heavy episodes, they could get it going. You know, they they could have enough of that story in there that it made for an overarching story that was pretty cool. Right. And I think that sort of like demonstrates like a change in, I don't know if this applies to all kids shows back in the day, but it feels like in that sort of early thousands era, they started to figure out, I guess late nineties too. They started to figure out that like with children's shows, the way to make ones that are going to be popular long after they're done is to do ones that, you know, they look, like kids shows, but then they tackle those themes that people who are like, you know, age 13 and up are actually going to latch on to and right. then, you know, go back to and revisit over and over again for the nostalgia like I will. Right. You know? Well, and, and if you if you also equate that with, uh, you know, the um, digital overlord for Star Wars Disney, you know, we think back to when um, the Disney animated movies really kicked on. Now, granted, the classics are the classics. But they were directed as cartoons. But you go to, as soon as you start hitting Aladdin and Lion King and then into uh, Pixar stuff, right? Toy Story and that sort of thing. They're fun for kids, but there is definitely serious storylines that that get, you know, even more grown watchers attached to them. Right. You know, and that kind of thing. So it's doing the same logic there. And I think that's where, you know, like I said, the Clone Wars and stuff is working great. You know, um now, some of the stuff, I mean, we um, at the time of this recording, Andor just got done. That's definitely not aimed towards kids, but it's still, you know, that is aimed towards the prestige drama crowd right. in the Star Wars, right? If we're talking about the people who the prestige dramas are, you know, Breaking Bad and that sort of thing, or even Sopranos, and then you go into Andor, those are the, that's the crowd that's enjoying stuff like Andor. Right. right. These movies, the Ewok movies were not that they were trying. <laughs> they were of the mindset that we just need to make money and, and make action figures and make kids shows. Right. Right. And you can say, and that's again, why we're doing this uh, little experiment here where I'm making you go back and watch the old stuff. It's not because I'm, I'm not showing you the, the, you know, the top 100 movies of all time by any means I'm showing you. We're trying to see where it came from, where it started, and how it's progressed. Right, right. Just, just in your lifetime, let alone mine, you know, and stuff. So, well, I guess, yeah, 85's my lifetime. Yeah, you were alive. You weren't alive. <laughs> That's pre-you. But. Yeah, so, I mean, the, these the movies, obviously, um, these two movies were obviously a thing. They were a cultural thing on TV, like I said, and part of that was just because of the TV atmosphere. And, you know... Part of that, again, is, and we talked about it a couple times, but back by the time these were out, it was super common for people to have a VCR sitting there. So when you had your movie of the week, hit the record, and now you've got a movie uh, that you can you know, do your own streaming of right. at any time you want, right? So you know, they came out with, um, you know, obviously they put these out on VHS and stuff without commercials. But anybody who had a, a VCR could also record it and have it anytime they wanted to, you know, and stuff. And that was, you know, I bet there's, you know, people go back to those days and there are peoples with just libraries of VHSs that were just recorded off the Sunday movies. Right. Because that's the, that was their movie collection. You know, that was the easy way to get a good movie collection going, you know, and stuff. So, or to have, like I said, have your own streaming service. You know, you had, you had your library of things. You could pop in there and watch it anytime you wanted, but. But I think that's why these movies did what they did and why they're they're kind of around. Now, again, for a while, they didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, there, there's there's two opposing views here. If it happened before Return of the Jedi, why didn't Wicket speak in English to Leia in Return of the Jedi? Right. Right. If it happened after Return of the Jedi, why were they, you know, shocked about humans? You know, they've seen humans, right? And stuff. Yeah. So I've heard two different things. I've heard that this happens between Empire and Jedi, and I've heard that these two movies happen like 150 years in the future, which if Wicked it doesn't grow that fast, I feel bad for <laughs> Oh, them. man. But. Yeah, I don't know. I think the obviously the only way that it makes any sense is for it to be after Jedi. If, <laughs> yeah, I mean, either way, and now again, we talk about um, the audience, and the audience wasn't there for continuity, and I would argue back in that time, nobody cared about continuity. I mean, you... I would argue George didn't care about continuity when he decided that Luke and Leia were brother and sister, <laughs> yeah. you know, but you know, that's beside the point, I guess. So, 
Um, I don't know. They, but like I said, these movies were there. They were a good uh, uh, fodder for us young kids to get a little bit more Star Wars, which, you know, if you think about it at the time, we didn't have any more Star Wars till 99, right? Right. Yeah, that's when... Phantom yeah, Menace. that's when Phantom Menace came out. Yeah, because because Attack of the Clones was two thousand two. Yeah, ninety nine. I was in. Yeah, I just started uh, working in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So yeah, okay, <laughs> trying to remember. But yeah, I mean, like I say, it was pretty good. I think. Uh, oh, one thing I did want to say, maybe maybe you can do some clever editing, put this back in the conversation. <laughs> one thing I heard that was kind of fun. Um, you know, we talk about these movies, uh, George story by George Lucas. They both say in the credits, but of course they're written by other people. Sure. Um, one of the, the stories for the second one, um, there's two new directors. They got the job because they kind of bashed on the first one. They said, this is, this is what we think an Ewok movie should be. And that's why George Lucas hired him to direct the second one. Well, and at the time he said, we're not going to hire a writer. You guys are writers too, right? So he had them write it. And he said, well, and I guess what it was, was they were working with storyboard artists and they were writing the story. They would send it up to George in his office, and George had three stamps. There was okay, trash, or CBB, which meant could be better. So they would put something on his desk, he would stamp it and send it back down, you know, and stuff. So that was the the writing process for That's these. Hilarious. So I thought that was kind of a fun little take, but you know, and I think, sorry, I'm so sorry. I think that's how we need to start grading these movies. Instead of giving like a stars, it should be like okay, trash, or could be could better. Could be better. I don't know. So what are we giving these? We got to. I think these got to be trash. But I don't I, know. I think the first one's trash. The second one, I'll say, could be better. <laughs> could be better. Yes. It was a, a slightly better. Than how the about they're one. both trash? But if they would have combined them into one movie, maybe <laughs> they could be better. How about that? But yeah, I thought that was that was pretty interesting. That is hilarious. It's a, it's a fun way. And like I said, you know, we talk about, um, you know, George. And and one of the things I noticed, and I don't know, you know, everybody bags on um, little dude Phantom Menace. Uh, can't remember his name. Darth Vader, Anakin, and Phantom Menace. And how he didn't have much in the way of good lines or good <laughs> acting skills. And, you know, I think that uh, maybe we're seeing that George isn't working good with kids, right? Yeah. Oh, Jake, Jake Lloyd, Lloyd. That's right. Which I think he's been in, uh, in other things and actually done okay in. So I don't know, but uh, it looks like a lot, a lot of Star Wars stuff. A lot stuff. of Star Wars stuff. I can't remember. I remember hearing, okay, he was in Apollo 11. Mark Armstrong. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he's one of the kids. Yeah, so he hasn't done anything. <laughs> but, you know, so he looks. Sorry, he looks like uh, Tony Soprano's kid from The Sopranos. Ah, well, there you go. He's grown into it. <laughs> but, um... You know, maybe George can't pick his kids because these actors were not very good actors either. Right. You know, they got the job. I think uh, Mace, um, the the uh, the young boy there, he got the job because um, he he thought he was applying for an after school special. He didn't know he was applying for a Star Wars movie, you know, and stuff. Interesting. And he was one of the guys. It was him and Warwick Davis that Lucas uh, encouraged him to. He let them take video cameras and shoot behind the scenes, and then they got to use ILM equipment or Skywalker Ranch equipment to edit it and make little documentaries. And And he was complaining because those documentaries never made it on any DVD. Well, I don't know if there's a lot of DVDs off <laughs> about these. these movies. But eventually, I think he put his little documentary out on YouTube or something because he said it was never going anywhere. But <laughs> um <laughs> So he, you know, George wanted to encourage him, you know, and obviously that worked out great for Warwick Davis. Because as we talked about in Willow, he, besides Willow, he kind of took off in the industry, right. you know, doing all kinds of stuff, even background stuff, you know, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Didn't you say that he started his own uh, management company or something? Some yeah. Such? The fo- focus on the LP community or whatever to, to help them, you know, make sure they weren't, uh, can't think of the word. Yeah, I can't either. Um, subjugate. I don't want to say subjugated. That don't sound right. Um, exploited. Uh, exploited. There I like that one. That was that, tough. One, that was what's coming out. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so you do see, and like I said, in the second movie, one of the production designers on it was uh, that Joe Johnson is his name. Now Joe Johnson, if you watched that, I, I don't know if you got around to watching that ILM documentary I was telling you about on um, Disney Plus. But he talks at one point how he was getting a little fed fed up and, and just burnt out and needed to go on a vacation. So he went he, he needed time off. He was talking about leaving the industry completely, 
George encouraged him to take some time off. And then he said, why don't you go to, I think it was film school. Go to, go to film school, Sorry, this you know, to learn, to learn so a rude. whole new thing, right? To learn, to learn the different aspects of filmmaking and I'll pay for it. So he paid for it. And then he comes back and, and he was a production designer on one of these movies. Um, eventually he is, uh, he gave us uh, um, Jurassic Park 3. Mm. That's him, Joe Johnson. Um, there's a few other things that he's done that we would recognize him, but I just can't remember him right now. But, you know, that's the thing. The, some of these things are out there, too. You know, we've talked about um, what was the movie uh, Last Starfighter where we were talking about the music and right. building into things. Um, they really get out there and uh, they build up to stuff, right? Somebody's, everybody's got to start somewhere. Right. But, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's the point of all this stuff is that a lot of people started somewhere. And this is a kind of, oh, okay, Joe Johnson, uh, director, Captain America, First Avenger. What? Yeah. What? What a weird connection. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, um, ironically, my least favorite Captain America movie. But. Yeah, but still, it's a it's kicked it's a lot of stuff off. But it's a good movie. So I mean, again, that, uh, there's you could the droids cartoon. I never watched any of them. I was thinking about going and watching that since it's on uh, on Disney Plus now. Yeah, do they have but, it all? I know they pulled it all, but yeah. So that was what I was pointing out to. Uh, I think I lost my train of thought, but you know, these movies weren't available really. And now they're on Disney plus, which is giving them new light a little bit, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. And it's, it's cool that they're doing, putting up more vintage stuff on there. I mean, that's, you know, the, the 2d clone wars micro series is on there and I love that. Mm -hmm. I remember we used to rent that from Hastings, yeah. <laughs> which is such a weird sentence. Yeah. Rent the D back in the day, pop it into the Ford Explorer. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, watching movies. We were talking about that the other day. How you guys, all, we always had a good movie going in the uh, when we were driving back and forth. But uh, um, well, I think I you know, got any more notes. Oh, okay. Here we go. We talked about earlier about how the, I we like the 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 kid got like 32, 33 seconds of screen time. One of my notes is literally just "Mom and Mace dead?" Question mark Because I looked away and I didn't know. And I think I was writing down a note. I was writing down that the Marauders looked like oh. <laughs> like the weak way. And, and doing that, them. I missed it. I was like, what just happened? Um, well, they brought back the same actress. But if you watch it, and you missed it, obviously. I think all they do is they show the mom laying there. And they don't show her face. Body. But I think she. I think it's the same actress that's credited. So, <laughs> Well, maybe oh, in one... I can't remember if they have one scene where she's talking and walking off. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, I think honestly... You know, we've spent, you know, a half hour talking about how bad these movies are. I feel like the Ewoks have been done really dirty. You know, I feel like they, they're they a little stupid. Like, the concept is a little bit stupid of the Ewoks. But all that considered, I feel like they could be at least, you know, an interesting addition to the universe if they handled them, right? Oh, yeah. They you, just don't. <laughs> you get you, you got to learn to speak the language so that you can communicate with them. And then they can do all kinds of fun stuff. Well, you know why the Ewoks are there, right? where the Ewoks came from. So originally George had the movies planned out and they were going to go to see the Wookiees. They're, they're going to go on the tree planet of the Wookiees or whatever. Kashyyyk. Or, he had that all planned out as the third bit okay. at some point, but he, then he wanted to bring in a Wookiee at the beginning with Chewbacca. He wanted to bring in Chewbacca. Oh. And, he, and at that time he kind of scrapped the rest of it. So when it came time to do the third movie, he said, well, I'll just make them small Change some of the letters around, and now they're Ewoks instead of Wookies. Oh, so that's why we have Ewoks. <laughs> I assumed it was just because they wanted to sell more toys. Well, I, that too. That too, I guess. But, but. but yeah, so for some reason, by the third movie, he felt that they shouldn't be Wookies anymore. They should be little furry guys, <laughs> and they should be. Uh, they should change the, the spelling a little bit. Huh. So I didn't. I didn't know that he had had plan. I mean, a basic plan, but a plan nonetheless. Well, and, that and far out. you know. What George says he had planned and, and what he had planned are different things. Because, of course, at some point it was, um, well, Starkiller. Yeah. Uh, was it Luke Starkiller, I think, or something like that? You know, they, that sounds they familiar. Had, or his name was Starkiller. And if you look at it, he had kind of Han and Luke combined together in one character. I think recently there was a, uh, a comic series out that took George's original script and did it 
as mm. if that would have been or his original idea and did it and did it as if that was the Star Wars story. I think it's just called Star Wars or or maybe it's the Star Wars or something like that. I'll have to find that. That yeah. sounds interesting. It's kind of fun to see what his original idea was and then, you know, how it turned into what we got. Right. And stuff. Because he had, you know, like any good writer, he had uh, all kinds of iterations of it oh, and stuff. Sure. And that's why, like I say, he originally he always had the plan that there was going to be some big battle on a forest place. But because he couldn't shoot that in the first one, he had to truncate that idea. But he still wanted Something. he still wanted the Wookiees in his show, so that's why he brought in Chewbacca. Well, then when it came time that he could do that, he didn't want to do more Wookiees. He he just did. Right. I remember, and it's on the you know back in the day we had those uh, VHSs that were the um, when he re-released the uh, movies in the theaters. And they and they they specialized it. There was a little interview and stuff, and he was talking about the Ewoks, and that's what it was. Was he just well? I took Wookies, I changed the letters and made them small. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, I guess there's kind of a logic there of, of wanting to like have something slightly different. But I just I would think it would be cooler to go to Kashyyyk anyway and just be like, oh, look, now we're gonna meet the rest of Chewbacca's family or whatever. I won well. Next episode, you get to see Chewbacca. <laughs> family, like yeah. ambiguous term, not literal family. Dur- don't worry, we got Chewbacca's family coming pretty soon. You're gonna <laughs> love that. But um, so I will say, and I, I think at some point you're also doing the, um, you know, if they showed up on part of part of the, you know, part of the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi is, well, short helps better no help, Chewie. Right? That's what. Han says. Right. I think he wanted to go with more of the underdogs. Like, well, these people, I mean, they, the empire wouldn't have built a uh, shield generator protecting the death star when the, the Wookiees were there. Now I will say that in Canon weren't Wookiees used as slaves. So maybe that would have been smart. Right. I think uh, if you go back, the Wookiees were actually used as slaves to build the death star. So again, there's a little bit of a connection there. To say, well, maybe they should have been on Kashyyyk or something yeah. like that. But um, again, we go back to whether George really cares about consistency or what or not, too. Yeah. But um, I do, th- I do see the idea of making them, um, you know. And again, that you know, you go to Lord of the Rings and that sort of thing, or and eventually Willow. That even the smallest things can, you know, make a big difference, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's his logic. He's getting into the. It's it's a lot more. Of a, uh, it's a lot more of a uh, uh, a big accomplishment if these little tiny furballs defeat the empire right. than if it's a bunch of seven foot tall Wookies. Yeah, it's a symbolic win on top of the actual win. Right, and I guess I do sort of get like if you really think about it. I don't think this is what he was going for, but you can be like, oh man, the small stature of the Ewoks mimics the sort of disrepair that the rebellion is in at this right. stage right and you can be like well the em- they lose the empire that is they lose because they they underestimate the the will of the rebellion and the will of these little ewoks you know because right so i mean i guess well, there's and, like you a, know the ending of uh new hope you know they said we've analyzed their attack pattern should we get your shuttle ready your escape shuttle right. ready to tarkin and he's like think you overestimate their chances well obviously you know yeah so it's that kind of thing it's that it's that uh the hubris of the uh uh the empire you know mm. that does them in besides the fact that we're cool <laughs> <laughs> the rebels are cool i guess we're not on the rebels but we cheered for them so but yeah i feel like there is something there now there there's all kinds of canon out there there's uh um you know little little blurbs i see on the on the internet about ewoks and you know what happened to the stormtroopers? That means the Ewoks are cannibals. You know, <laughs> in which they did try to cook Han and. and that is true. Technically, so, not cannibals because no, they don't eat other Ewoks. That's true. It's not other Ewoks. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, to them we're just another kind of meat, just like we eat cows. Yeah, right? a sentient go. meat, but yeah. meat nonetheless. <laughs> well, cows look sad. We still eat them. So there, that's yeah. I suppose I was going to say that's because they're delicious, but maybe humans delicious. There you go. I guess I had thought of <laughs> maybe maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't think about that and put it <laughs> yeah. out on the internet. <laughs> Probably not a good <laughs> sentence to say. No. Since we, we talked about Jedi a lot, I think one of the reasons that the second Ewok movie is so much better than the first one is because it's literally Jedi. <laughs> it <laughs> like, is. It's literally like Jedi in the sense that it's this big, powerful, like tall people who are going to be 
beaten up by these little teddy bears who use logs. <laughs> right. Yep. And they got a catapult. You know, they've got that. And here they are coming in with their blasters and we're getting them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the, the the main bad guy, when he was in a sword fight with Wilford Brimley, uh, he was he was swinging the sword the wrong way. He had that, that curved scimitar, but he was swinging with the wrong side of the blade. Yeah, that was bad. I feel like somebody should, somebody should have let him know. Let the actor know. Like, hey, dude, you should probably, probably turn, switch turn it around. around. That's not yeah. going to do much. It's going to get stuck if you stab him. <laughs> and he's an old man. Uh, when Ewok saves the day, of course, with his little sling. Oh yeah, gotta be. There, man. There was something I was gonna say about the ending. Oh yeah, why is it that like why is it a theme with '80s movies that like the ending is just so unsatisfying? <laughs> like every '80s movie, the end is just unsatisfying. I don't know. They saved the the whole Ewok. The battle for Endor saved Endor. I don't know how that's unsatisfying. I forgot. I I was I literally looked this up right before you got here. But <laughs> the the Marauders. Got beat back so bad by the the Ewoks that evidently in this canon, you know, yeah. <laughs> like somebody went back from the New Re- went back, somebody went back after this to investigate from the New Republic, and they didn't find any trace whatsoever. <laughs> like the Ewoks just completely obliterated that whole society. Well, there you go. The Ewoks performed genocide. That's another thing about continuity. <laughs> <laughs> is that suppose uh, evidently this these marauders which i guess isn't the name of the species <laughs> right it's just the name of this group they crash landed there but then the whole point of the movie is that they don't know like how spaceships work because they're whole, they're like this is magic magic lady fake night sister <laughs> fix this and she's and then symbol comes up and she's like it's not magic it's a part of the spaceship, <laughs> and then the, everybody's like, "Oh, a spaceship!" No, I didn't. Really? I didn't know they crashed there. So the, you're saying they crashed there too? According to you know the the, the fandom EU. from now, the how, books that they. But wrote. so is this one of those things where they're like a, a generation ago they crashed there, and now these are the next generation of the bad guys? Regardless, I think it would be like a lot, like or a maybe, long time before you don't even realize that a spaceship exists. Maybe it's like Thor. They had their spaceships work differently. Oh. And so any any <laughs> technology you don't know is magic to you. Right. So there you go. What is that quote? Any sufficiently advanced science. I don't remember. What is it? <laughs> I think I just said it. Any technology you don't know is magic. I was so going to say the actual quote, yeah, but there, then I forgot There was a quote from Thor, yes. But. So maybe that's what we're dealing with. But yeah. No, there's a real quote by an actual philosopher. Oh, real stuff? But yeah, I can't remember who it is. <laughs> so that's pointless. Like this guess. isn't real. This is science fiction. I, I, I would use science very loosely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you could. Yeah, you're. You were right earlier. You could definitely tell that it was just like the precursor to Willow. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely just stretching out his fantasy ideas, you know. And uh, you can see that. You can also think that maybe that's because you know they they chose to go with the Ewoks, and the only way to do an Ewok movie is to just be on ground level, yeah. right? Um, because you're not going to get a spaceship. <laughs> I mean, that would be that would be kind of a fun comedy. That's the next, uh, that's episode three maybe of this uh, that never got made is where they, they actually get on the spaceship with uh, diabetes guy. But uh, <laughs> He walks in space. Yeah, yeah. This whole, everything about this is just, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And it really, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, it, it, like I say, it's classified. Um, well, now, of course, it's, this one, this is one of the movies that didn't get pulled into canon, they say. This Good. is a legend, <laughs> right? So uh, even though, you know, Wicket's in Return of the Jedi, this is a, an Elseworlds kind of thing. They've, they've, they've officially said, I believe. So, Although I do, I, I know that in um, Sindel, the little girl, actually shows up in some EU property. She's like a, she's out, she gets off the planet, of course. And she's some kind of reporter or something in some future novels or something. Oh. But I think, again, that, those are legends. Those are pre-canon. So. That is so funny. Oh, man. I think, going back to what I mean, we just said about Willow, I f- my original thought for this movie was, wasn't that it was, you know, just him figuring out fantasy, which, uh, you know, going back, it definitely is. My thought had, would have, at the beginning was just like, oh, 
he's not he just doesn't know how to straddle that line between sci-fi and fantasy yet yeah and then i think he sort of nailed that a lot better in the prequel trilogy which obviously came out after this right but well and you know his idea for star wars was always uh you know fantasy sword and sorcery in space right right? so i mean he even with that he he was kind of going with it from that direction you know so he's always been leaning towards the fantasy side of things right yeah yeah and yeah we talked about before how star trek is actually sci-fi whereas this is yeah you're right literally just fantasy in space i mean even you mentioned before about the uh, the spaceship battles are just like dogfights. Yeah. <laughs> but in space. Yeah. <laughs> Where, yeah, dog the physics space, just doesn't yeah. make any sense. But, yeah, I feel like that that about wraps us up. So, I think yeah. so. These, this was a good conversation about some movies. Now, now okay, so we, um, in the past, you know, you've enjoyed Last Starfighter. So would we recommend that anybody in the Star Wars universe watch these? Should we recommend that Shade goes back and watches these? <laughs> um. Yeah. Or uh, Sequoia, maybe. <laughs> I really want to say yes, just because they're so like bad that it would be fun. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm definitely gonna say no. So, so if we um, do recommend, it's just to feel our pain. Yes, just so you can understand the amount of um, enjoyment I really got. <laughs> just I definitely, to- <laughs> I definitely have to say that when I originally watched these as a kid, I thought of these as a continuation of Star Wars. Right, I thought it was. The next thing after Return of the Jedi. And that's where I kind of think to myself, it might be fun. You know, we talk about Rosie um, when she gets a little older, having her watch Return of the Jedi and then these. Yeah, right. right? After. But about the same age I was, eight or nine. Right. And that kind of thing. Yeah. So it'd be kind of fun to go back and, and find somebody at that that level and bring them in. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and see what they think about it. Because at that time, like I said, I thought these were continuations of Star Wars. Even now, when I go back and watch it, and I'd say even a few years ago, I happened to notice her there and flipped them on and didn't even finish the first one. <laughs> I know for a fact these were not directed as a continuation of Star Wars, but they were a kid's movie that was Ewoks because George right. wanted to do Ewoks more for his daughter, right? I know that these were not designed as a Star Wars movie as much as they were just designed as, let's take this Star Wars property and make a kid's version of it. Right. You know what I mean? So I, you know, it's you. As soon as you realize that, you can kind of enjoy it just from that standpoint. It's right. like, oh yeah, these are for kids. Yeah, you know. And there was one thing that I will say: it does add a little bit of context <laughs> to Jedi. In one specific moment, it adds context to Jedi. Um, Wicked is like talking with, I guess, someone who must be his mom, and you know, obviously there's no subtitle, so I have no idea what they're actually saying. But the gist of it is that he's like, please let me go with dad. And then uh, eventually she gives in because he leaves. And he says, yub nub, yub nub. <laughs> so does yub nub just mean thank you? Oh. So at the end of Jedi, they're just going, thank you. Thank you. Well, I can tell you right now that if you go to the IMDb trivia for the first movie, somebody has written out a few lines of Ewok in their English translation. <laughs> I can't remember. I didn't look at it. So I don't know what... Uh, whether that's yub nub or not, but uh, uh, yes, I know that uh, if you look at that right there, somebody has gone through and, and given some kind of uh, trivia. Now, whether that's just somebody making it up, yeah, or whether uh, you know Lucasfilm has put out an official document, but a dictionary, yeah, like Ewok to English dictionary, it would be a short document because I feel like most of the sounds are the same. <laughs> I'm still mad they took out the yub nub song from the end of Jedi. Yeah, they replaced it. What it, is the it's purpose? It's not the same. No, we need the yub nubs. It's the, ridiculous. And you know, there's there's actually a, a scene in this one where they're playing some music, and it is definitely the pre redone <laughs> yeah. end end credits song. You know, it's not I'm not the same, but it's got that feel to it. Yeah, the same. So it doesn't that. sound at all like what you get in Return of the Jedi now if you watch that the the updated versions. If you go back in the original one, it's it it sounds like that. So yeah. maybe that's how we get our, our our old Ewok music. Bring back the Yub Nub. <laughs> I think we should. You know, well, I mean, I I think they did hashtag release a Snyder Cut. Hashtag bring back Yub Nub. Hashtag release. I think if we cut, start it, we could we, we can, can kick this back. off. We'll we'll tag that. All right, listeners, there you go. <laughs> you want to yeah. start? You want to show something? Share this podcast on all your socials <laughs> with. Hashtag, what was it? Hashtag, bring back the yum. Bring back the yum. <laughs> Start a movement, people. 
Um, but yeah, with that, with that call to action. Yeah, now, now that we've got it, if you've stayed with us this long, we'll know. <laughs> if we get the yum nuts. That's right. If All we right. get the yum nuts. We will catch you in uh, two weeks' time where we will be. Uh, I'm actually going to tell you because I want everybody to watch this before, before, before we do the episode. Be watching the Star Wars. Is it the holiday special? Is that what it's called, or a Christmas special? I think they call it the holiday special. It's from '78. Yes. Yes. Which right now you can only get on YouTube, as far as I know. <laughs> the, whole, the Star Wars Life Day special. In, unless you go to uh, any uh, um, Comic Con and go to the booth that has the shady movies, <laughs> there's, there's people that are selling the bootlegs somewhere. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we will catch you. We'll catch you next week. Yes, please watch it first. We don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> yep. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs>